Rabbi a good morning, a good Erev Shabbos, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Miketz, Tovshin Pei Gimel, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Shabbos Chanukah, Habo Aleinu Latoiva. We are going to light the six, six, six nights, the six candles, the six night of candles, the six candles that we're going to light tonight from the eight days. Hashem, <laughs> a little misnomer over there. And every year has its mahalach. We all try to get chizik, as we always say, from the parashiyas and from the yontif that is upon us. And uh, this week, in Tavshin Pei Gimel here in Eretz Yisrael, for myself, I'm speaking only my own personal viewpoint. All I can say is that we recognize that it's cold outside. I understand in America that there's a tremendous, tremendous cold front that's coming in and many, many places it's freezing and it's going to be very cold. And here in Eretz Yisrael, we had started to have a little bit of rain. We're asking for more. I understand that over the Shabbos, it's going to rain here in Yushalayim and it's supposed to start snowing up in the Hermon. It's going to get colder. So on one end, we could just say, oh, it's the time of the year. It's December. It's... Um, it's the uh, the nature, but we realize that everything is really from the Rebbeinu Shalolam, and the Rebbeinu Shalom is talking to us. So on the outside it's cold, but on the inside it's warm. And I think many Hanukkahs, we can all say, we look at the lights, we look at the the message of the candles, the message of the Neiris, the Nisim flows that HaKadosh Baruch did for us in the past, by Yomim HaHem Bezman and we also recognize that our entire lives are also filled with nisim v'neflos. Everything is really a matana from HaKadosh Baruch And on the other hand, we have, as life sends us, the difficult parts of life. Sometimes there's mourning and sometimes there's levayas. And even during Hanukkah, as we unfortunately had to experience this year, and that's something we're going to speak about more in detail, but the purpose is for us to get chizuk and to look at the neiris, to light the neiris, to light the neiris that they will have an effect upon us, as we like to say, there's two famous words, that why is it that neir chanukah shenir halamay mamas puzzle, when if you light it at night, you can see even lamayla mamas. so why is it puzzle? The answer is that the purpose of the neir is not to be just a symbol but it's supposed to illuminate into our own lives. It's supposed to give us a derech of how we're supposed to fear our lives, how we're supposed to change our lives, how we're supposed to become better. And when it's far away and a person doesn't take it into his heart and he doesn't look to what kind of pathway he has to blaze for himself and his family, then it's... But when we bring it closer to ourselves and we advance it and we say, oh, this nair is leading me on the right path, Kiner Mitzvah V'Torah Ar, and I follow the Erech of the Torah and the Erech of Mitzvahs, then we're able to, we're able to, to, to use the Nair for what it's there for. The Nair is supposed to give us a vision of where we're supposed to go. And we also say over the Vart that Hadlaka Isha Mitzvah, the main thing is to light. A lot of times we think everything is all about the accomplishments in life. For sure, accomplishments are really great things that a person should try his best to accomplish in life. But even if a person doesn't accomplish, if a person just lights the candle, the halacha is kafsa ein zakukla. Even if it went out, but the fact that you lit, 
The main thing is for a person to try his best to do maizim to the best of his ability. And if afterwards there are outcomes which are beneficial for him, that's all dependent upon siyat adishmaya. And this tells me really about a story which I said over last night at the yard site of the great Rosh Hashiva of Or Sameach, Rev Mendel Weinbach, Zechot Tzadik Levrocha, I was asked by the family to speak, really an amazing, amazing honor and covet and schus, to speak for the entire family, the entire family, Rabbi Sai, Rev Mendel and his Rebetzin, because it should be Gesundenstag, Rebetzin Shendel, they built a dynasty, a legacy, last night I was able to get a glimpse of it, literally there must have been between 300 and 400 just family members that came together on the 10th yard site. They made a siyam hashas. There was singing, there was dancing. Talmidah Chachamim, real big Talmidah Chachamim, Baruch Hashem. Reb Mendel himself was a giant. And they asked me to speak, and I was really bewildered why I was asked to speak. That's a schmooze in itself. But I just want to say over one story that I said over, when Ner Yaakov started, Reb Mendel, the first the first. Two weeks before this year started, we had a problem with a place where the yeshiva was going to be. And I went to Rav Mendel. Rav Mendel said, come, let's get into the car. I said, what are we going into the car for? He says, we're going to go look for a place that the yeshiva should be. And that's what happened. He spent a few hours with me combing the streets of Yerushalayim, going into a little uh, dark base medrash underneath, uh, you know, an apartment building. And we figured out that's not the right place. Eventually, we were able to solidify the base medrash by Rav Nocham Eisenstein and Dafna. And uh, from that year, the yeshiva started there in Maladafna. We then transferred to Harnof. But I say over the 21 years of Ner Yaakov was really due to the efforts of Rav Mendel, how he gave from himself, and he always was a friend, and a, he called himself a, my colleague. And what the lessons that he gave was is that a person has to do maizim. When it comes, you know, there's hishtadlus in the world of Parnassah, there's hishtadlus in the world of mitzvahs. The world of mitzvahs, we can't rely just on bitachan and amunah. No, that's where we have to put our effort in. But when a person does maizim, then there's siyat So that's a message for Hanukkah. Hanukkah is a time that we are obligated to do maizim. And the more maizim we do, the more Be'ez Hashem Hatzlachas we will get. This week, as I said, we had to... Uh, different um, different uh, parts of the Hanukkah. On one hand, we had the Hanukkah Mesiba in the yeshiva with my son, Merdovber, which was a lot of nachas, boys giving thanks to the yeshiva. Not like near Yaakov, the boys we speak of here are very short, and they got to the point, in, in, in most of them in Ivrit, and it was really, really great nachas. Then I was able to go to the Kaisal this week, and the Daven at the Kaisal, Baruch Hashem, the street basement, the Shein, the place where the menorah right behind there was used in the times of the Beis HaMikdash, the Svarim HaKadosh bring down when a person lights in their Hanukkah, the menorah which is hidden is now relit, and we, real, we are relighting the menorah that's, that was there. It has that aspect of Kedusha. And unfortunately, we had to go to the Levaya of a very, very dear and wonderful Talmud, Nehemia Nick Finkelstein from Baltimore, Maryland, Zichrona Levracha, passed away at a fairly young age. When I say fairly young age, for his family, he was a very young age, only 46 or 47 years old. And I was at the Levaya together with the family in a big Kiddush Hashem and hearing all the stories about what Nick Nehemia accomplished in life and that he was Zoha to have married children and he was Zoha to have even a grandchild. 
and it should be a nechamer for him and his for his for his almana and his parents and his brothers and all of his friends, good friends, both from their Yaakov and throughout uh, the city of Baltimore and around the world. And we just heard today, unfortunately, the the passing of a dear parent of Ner Yaakov Talmidim, Dr. Alan Bennett, the father of Reb Yossi and Yaakov, and their son Mordechai, who didn't learn in the yeshiva, but is married to a Ner Yaakov sister, to the, a, a, a sister of the two Dolman boys, Eli and Pinny, and, 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 and Eli and... and um, yeah, my name is now. They're, they're, I'm confusing them, but the the Dolman boys, Baruch, excuse me, Baruch, excuse me for that. And um, these are the these are the times when we have the difficulties, but we recognize that we have to look and to see the chizuk, and hopefully we'll get chizuk from the lighting of the candles. We we'll get chizuk from the parshias that we are in. The parsha which we're in is parshas Miketz. So first, we want to start off with the one of the varts, which we uh, classic vart, which we like to say, which uh, has to do again connecting. We're trying to we're going to try to connect Parshas Miketz to the Shabbos Chanukah as well, and we speak about the Chalaymas, the Chalaymas of Pyro. Pyro's standing at the at the Nile River, <clears throat> and and he dreams the dreams, the dreams of the fat cows and the skinny cows and the fat cows are eaten up by the skinny cows. And then he has a second dream, and it's the seven sheaves of wheat, and the, the, the fat ones and the skinny ones come, and they eat him, up, eat him up, and he wakes up, and he's bothered by this dream, and he asks for his chartumim to come, and the chartumim don't have an answer. And then all of a sudden, the saramashkim was the one that was left over from those two two servants. The saramashkim was right from him. He says, I have to tell you about the chet that I did, and you got angry at me about I had a dream, and there was a, a nar evadivri. You don't have to worry about him taking over because he's just a nar evadivri. Interesting thing, and uh, but he was able to 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 uh, be paced to the chalaymas. He was able to to give me the vision of what the chalaymas were all about, and his vision was really the truthful one. Pyro calls Yosef, takes him out of the bar, and the pasuk says. And the, the same famous Sephorna says, we see from over here, that this is really the derech of all salvations of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, how things happen in the moment. Yosef was stuck in that bar two years beyond the time. According to many of the he's really there for 12 years. Hard to believe in those days what it meant to be in the, in the, in the bar. And it came quickly by Yeritzum and Abar. And this will be La'asid Lavai that we know that just like we left Mitzrayim, this is also going to be the way it's going to be. We know that HaKadosh Baruch is going to quickly take us out of this Golos. But the question which I saw is that Pyro had two dreams. And the question is, why did, I, why did he have to have two dreams? So the Pasuk already self says that he had to have two dreams when to teach him that it's going to come very, very quickly. And that's the reason why the two the two dreams came about. So I saw Akasha that, uh, so why do you need two dreams of two separate dreams? Could have had the same dream, just have it twice. And that would have been a proof that this is something which he really, which he really needed. So I saw Gaval de Gavart. The Vart is that uh, it's really giving us a lesson 
in our own uh, reflection and how we learn and how we, we, we learn Torah. When a person learns Torah, we notice a concept not just to learn it once, but to chazer it, to repeat it again. The best chazorah is when a person is mechadish to his chazorah. When a person gets a new insight. After a person learns it once, and he learns it for a second time, the rule is if he learns it well, he's going to get a new insight. But if a person is just repeating it like a parakeet, then that chazorah is not chazorah, which is really going to remain by him. Pyro, if Pyro would have just had a repeat dream, if it wouldn't have been a newness to him, it would not have had the effect upon him for him to recognize that this is something which he has to really decipher. But after he saw that there was some new and newness to it, there's another aspect of what the dream is all about. The first one was with the paris, the second one was with the sheaves of wheat. Then he saw this is something which is really going to happen. That chazara is something which gave him the insight that he has to somehow come up with a pitaron, and that's where Yosef came in. What else do we see in the dream? We see in the dream that Paro is really, he thinks about things and it really affects him. And the question is, Paro was this midget, according to the Medrash, uh, who uh, really thought, I don't know if it's that same, the same Paro as later on, but whoever he was, whichever Paro, whichever person he was, he was the emperor of the, of the largest empire in the world at the time. He was the strong man. So what is he worried about? A simple dream? Why does it bother him so much? He's so powerful. The answer is that this went against Pyro's whole theory of life. Pyro's whole perception of life was that is that might makes right. The strong, the many, they defeat the weak. The rabbim, they defeat, they defeat the chaloshim. The rabbim, the many, they defeat, they defeat the ma'atim. And for sure, the Zaydim, they're the ones that are going to defeat the Oiske Sarasacha. The Zaydim, they're the Masa builders. Oiske Sarasacha, what do they have? They're just sitting in the, on a bench the whole day. And what happened was, all of a sudden, he saw that his whole life's values in the dream are turned around. All of a sudden, there's big, fat, gesunta animals, and they're being eaten up in one gulp by the skinny and skinny ones. And the same thing with the sheaves of wheat. The skinny ones are eating up the fat ones. So he saw something which went against his old Walstang, his whole complete, complete life's dream. <laughs> it's his life dream. And therefore he was afraid. He said, it must be that there's some, there's some uh, um, subserve, there's something that's going to happen over here. Maybe it's going to be a coup. Maybe all of a sudden there's going to be a few people that are going to come and those few are going to come and they're going to, to outwit me. And that's what he was worried about. So what happened? Yosef came along. Yosef said, the it has to do with the Yemei Harav and the Yemei Hasava. And that was the answer which allowed him to continue along on his so-called merry path. And what do we see? The same thing has to do with Hanukkah. On Hanukkah we see the same thing. It's the Rabbim Biyad Me'atim Tameim Biyad Tehorim Rishoyim Biyad Tzadikim. When we are unified, when we have Shem and Zayezoch, Kosis Lamar, then we can defeat even the many. And we see today in the world, without getting into it, is it an exact replica? No, but we see that there's a world, there's a war going on. Putin, who had his life's beliefs are that the might makes right, and he will be able to overcome anything which comes in his pathway. But we know that this is really not necessarily the derech of the Torah. The derech of the Torah is that if there are few that are bonded together and they're filled with tahara 
then they have the ability to defend themselves. And that's what happened by Yehuda Maccabi and the great, great Maccabis who fought the battle. And we have to take that message for ourselves today. I always like to say over the Remez, we've done it in the past, but this year we're going to just tap on tap on to the beginning of the parsha, and then we're going to go into one of the ne- later psukim, because this is really, there's so much you can say in it, but we always say the parsha's miketz, there are a lot of remazim to the Indian of Hanukkah, let's go through it. So the famous one is the beginning of the parsha starts of Parah was dreaming, he's standing on top of the yor. We might speak about that in a few minutes. And the Rem is that some of the great Mepharshim say they found how every single word in the parsha, or definitely in the beginning psukim, are remazim to Hanukkah. Vayihi, the vav, the yud, the hey, and the yud stand for. Vav, v'chol, yud, Yisrael. Hey, haneirais, yud, hadliku, yadliku. All of Klai Yisrael, we have to light the neiris. That's, that's, that's hinted to in the vayihi. Miketz. What's miketz? Mitzvasa, kaidem says the mitzvahs before tzayis. Mem Kuf Tzadik. And we want to say this week, with this year, we want to say over what the Pasuk says later on. Upara Chaylem. Para was dreaming. Vihine Oymed Al Hayor. Para Chaylem. We say the Vav stands for Vyesh. Pei Paischim. Begin. Resh Rishain. Ayin Iker. Paro. It's that the word the Iker Halacha is to start from the first one. The first one means the Iker one, which you're lighting for for that night. Chaylem. Chaylem stands for Chayiv Levarech Mu'umad. Vihine. Again, the Vav Hey Nun Hey. Vyaschil. Hamadlik. Ner. Hey. Hanoisof. You should begin from the extra Ner. Means if you light. Right, you should start from the, the near hanoisa of like base, like base Hillel. Add on, not to go down like beishamai. Oimid, oimid is to teach us olav mevarech dafka. The one that's the nice of olav mevarech dafka. That's the one you're supposed to make the bracha on. This is a gavaldik ramazim, and what does it say? It says by paro he mazine oimid al hayor. He says the part in the dream, he's standing on top of the or. But later on, when he says over the story to Yosef, it says he al I was standing So what is the difference between alayor and svasayor? We can't say that alayor means svasayor. We also would have said the same language it uses later on. So the al means he was actually on top of the on top of the the Nile. So. What was he? He was acting like Yeshu, like, you know, Yashka. He walked on top of the sea. That can't be. But the truth is, this is really t- teaching us what Pyro's whole theory of life was all about as well. By the Goyim, they themselves define what their God is all about. We know that Pyro said, Li Ya'iri, I am the Nile. As we like to say, he lived in denial, but he portrayed this role that really he is the God and all of the Nile River is really underneath his rulership. And that's why he said, Hine oimed al hayor. But then what happens is, he meets up with Yosef HaTzadik. What does Yosef HaTzadik do? Yosef, who was in the bar, as we said before, he was in the pit. And all he can say is, Elokim yanenu. 
I can't give you an answer. The only one that can give you an answer is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is on top of us. We don't define who God is. God who defines what we are. And therefore, in the beginning, Pyro had all of his gaiva. But then when he begins to meet Yosef, and he sees that Yosef has Midas of Hanova, that even has an effect on Pyro. And he says, no, I wasn't standing on Al Hayor. <coughs> I was only Al Svas Hayor. And again, this is a remez to the battle that goes on between the Greeks and the Yidin, the Yavanim and Maccabim. The Yavanim, they believe that they're the Balabatim, our science, our beauty, our art, our physical powers. We are the ones that determine what life is all about. We have great architecture. We have great economy. We can rule the world. We know how to define things, and we want to take over the world. The whole world should be like us as well, without any semblance of Kedusha, without any semblance of godliness, while Klai Yisrael, who's the ma'at, the small, the weak, the meek, but we have the Shem and Tohar, we're the ones that we're able to be misgabir on the Yavanim. I said over last week a story of Sturmbuch, and I want to mention it again. When was, I just saw that he added on a little bit. We said over the story last week of Sturmbuch, how he was... Uh, Proclaimed by Winston Churchill that he would he would become the prime minister of the, of, of, of England, whatever forever that that meant. But I heard just t- t- just today that Rav Sternbach should be gesund stark. Rav Chonin Zatzal Wasman we said used to stay at the at the Rebetzins at his mother's house at his parents' house, and his parents used to take care of him. And Rav Sternbach said that number one is. He remembers when Rebbe went back from England back to Europe and everyone was asking and beseeching him not to go back. And Rebbe said the famous words, the captain doesn't leave a ship. The captain doesn't, doesn't leave a ship. Rebbe Schoenberg says that message from Rebbe Khanan, Rebbe went back and was killed from the Nazis, that always remained on Rebbe Schoenberg's heart. The captain doesn't leave a ship. And that's a message for also Rabbi Shem. The captain doesn't leave the ship. But I saw that Gavaldika Meise, that the Chazanish, Rav Sternbuch, when he was a young boy, he came to Eretz and he was able to go into the Chazanish, and the Chazanish was Yotzeb Bispailus. He couldn't get over the genius of of, uh, of Rav Moshe Sternbuch. <coughs> and there was a person that was close to the Sternbuchs from London that came into the Chazanish, and the Chazanish said to him, please tell me who are the parents of this wonderful Bacher that came to see me. Tell me some stories about them. So the first the person said, I want to tell you that Rav Sternbuch's father, Rav Asher Sternbuch, already had passed away, that uh, he used to be such a bald stalker when people would come to his office to get money, he wouldn't give them money into their hands. He would take it and he would put it into their pockets and like to make it as if no one should see it. It was just between him and them. Just take the money and put it into their pockets. He wanted to be to give people uh, their self-value. They shouldn't be embarrassed in front of anybody. And he was a, 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 a yachid in giving of tzedakah. And then he said over another story. He said over that when Rav Asher Sternberg got sick, so the people, they, he was a young person. He passed away at a very young age. Wow. And the schus, people in the community, they wanted to do something. What did they do? They made a magbit. They made a, 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 a gathering. They said, we have to we want to raise money. We want to give it out to Tzedakah. And the Tzedakah should be the schus of the, of the chayla. And the Gabai, they were standing in the room together with Rav Asher Sternbuch, and he said, 
and the Rabbanim should be merape b'schus this. The Rabbanim will be will be merape the Rabbasher, and Rabbasher it seems like he's he jump almost jumped out of the bed, and he says, "We don't make conditions with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is a Rachman. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is the Toiva Meitiv. Hakadosh Baruch Hu will decide if I should live or I, or I should die. The schus should be a schus for me, no matter what happens. I am." Assured that the Rebbeinu Shalom will will treat me the way he's where, the way I'm supposed to be treated. This was a gavaldik and gavaldik lesson, and the Tzedek Hazanish smiled and he said, "Oh, now I understand the house that Rebbeinu Moshe Sturmbuch came from." Rebbeinu, I said over that this week, you know, we had this tremendous, tremendous petira, and for the family, the Finkelstein family, I was menachem them, and I have to tell you the story which I said over. I think it's apropos, and hopefully we'll all get chizik from it. The family should have chizik as well from it. Nehemiah was only 47 years old, but he left a legacy, and he left true treasures, true treasures in his family and his friends, and there should be a Nechama for the Mishpacha. But it happens to be that Nehemiah was learning in Ner Yaakov. This was in the mid-90s, I don't remember exactly when it was, maybe 97, you'll correct me, anyone that's out there. And like a lot of Nir Yaakov boys in those days, the the meaning was to go to a place called Ben Yehuda. I don't know if you guys remember what that place was. And the boys would go out and they would have a good time and they would party. And one night, unfortunately, in the middle of the the Thursday night, I guess, revelry, there was a terrorist attack and Nehemiah was found in the middle of the shooting going on between the Israeli soldiers, the Chayalim, and the terrorists. And the, what happened was, Nehemiah told me this, that the soldier, one soldier, literally put, threw him on the ground, put his boot on top of his head, and he says, Al-Tazuz, don't move. And it was shooting at the, at the Arab terrorists, and the Arab terrorists were shooting back at this Chayal, together with the other Chayalim that were there. And miraculously, Nehemiah said, literally, he felt the bullets passing his head. Mamish, they were whizzing by his head. And he was saved by a miracle. And he came back to the yeshiva, and I already was there in the yeshiva, and everyone else came back. And there were a lot of horrific scenes that he had seen, and just going through such an event is a traumatic experience, and he was going through a tremendous trauma. And I remember holding him and speaking with him and trying to calm him down, and finally, we, I think we took him to the hospital to get some sedatives. And he really was very, very traumatically affected, but we were able to convince him to stay. And I was able to get Dr. Abraham Tversky to come down to the yeshiva, to speak to the entire yeshiva, and to give time to Nehemiah. And then he made a decision that the place to go is to go to uh, back to the place where it happened. The way to deal with trauma is not to run away from it, but to face up to it. And that's what happened. It wasn't an easy experience because anyone that's gone through a traumatic event like this, it's something that really takes a lot of courage. But what I said is that there's no question that there was a miracle that took place that night. And Nehemiah was saved. And I remember when my Rebbe, Rav Moshe Shiskal, the son-in-law of Rav Moshe Feinstein, was Nifter. He was Nifter also at a very young age. He was maybe 52 years old. And... Rav Moshe was distraught, and at the Levaya, Rav Moshe was heartbroken, and he was crying, and he was saying to the Rav Shalom that this would have, should have been the next God of Yisrael, and he really had a very difficult time, the great Rav Moshe. 
And the next speaker, the next master was Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. And he said these words, Rav Moshe Shiskal's Gavena Nes. He was a miracle because when he was 16 or 17 years old, he contracted leukemia. And the doctors at that time did not have any refua for him. But Rav Moshe said he will live in the schus of his Torah. And Rav Moshe eventually married off his daughter to him. And Rav Yaakov said, Rav Moshe Shiskal's Gavena Nes, if a Nes kashes. Nisim, we don't ask kashes. The Rabbanishim performed the Nes. And I said, there's no question in my mind, we don't have the Cheshbonis, why and when, but the Rabbanishim gave a Nes. And the Rav of the Shul said, now he understands clearly the, the answer to really a lot of the questions that the community is going through, and I hope that it should be a, 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 a Fua and a, and a Yeshua and a Nechama that we should recognize, Rabbi. So we live in a world, and we live with the world of Nisim. Kla Yisrael is a Nes, and the, the fact that we cling on to the Torah, and the fact that we are able to light the candles on this Shabbos, Parshish Miketz, Tov Shin Pei Gimel. We ask the Rabbi Nishalolam that he should allow us to be able to see the, the greatness that he gives us, the Kedusha that he gives us, and we don't ask questions. What we say is, the Rabbanu Shalom, please bring the Gula soon. We are a Meshabech or Mahalel. We give thanks to you for all the brachas. We should be Zoycha Hashem to the lighting of the Nair in the Menorah, in the Beis HaMignosh, Mimheirav Yameinah for us and for all of Klai Yisrael. Wishing everyone a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, be another way of addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.